Hey, welcome to Alberto's. Can I take your order, please? Yeah, I want. And some rolled tacos, please. You want ketchup with that? No! Guacamole would be nice. All right. Uh, Yo, actually, Ryan, I know you're dying to, to kick the yo. Let's hear the yo. Yo. <laughs> pretty good. <laughs> pretty good. Pretty good. Listen, we got a very special uh, episode today because we're joined not only by some of our patrons, and they'll trickle in here also. We're also joined by two individuals who really, if I'm going to be real, are the entire like influence for why this podcast was started. Well, that and we just had a bunch of fucking free time because it was <laughs> yeah. 2020 and Greg hits me and he goes, yo, I got this just idea. Just like that, by the way. Just That's like that. We decided. Yeah. Uh, I got this idea. Let's do a podcast. Let's go through the Revelation Records discography. And I was like, fuck no. And then he changed my mind. But <laughs> I, have, yeah, I feel like we're like we're like uh, we're like the Beatles meeting Bob Dylan. You know what I mean? Like it's mm -hmm. like except we're not the Beatles. Maybe who's who's like a fourth tier Beatle? We're like a fourth tier Beatles meeting Bob Dylan. Because, again, I, when I heard I remember somebody saying like, yo, there's this podcast where these guys, they they go through they're going through the SST catalog. And I was like, oh, that sounds wild and daunting. And then I became an instant fan, even from the first episodes, mm -hmm. because as I've said, even on here, like, I love that you guys don't have the pretension that a lot of, I think, people <laughs> tend to have that pretentiousness. And you guys admit, like, hey, we don't know everything. Like, we're just fans having a good time. And uh, it's been awesome to see the show just kind of grow and continue on. And Yeah, likewise. Um love your show too. And, and, um, and, uh, I've learned a ton as, as a, I'll probably get to later on. Like I'm, I'm kind of a revelation records poser myself. So I've learned a lot and discovered a lot of cool bands and, uh, I'll send a, a bit of bow out to, um, or in Mojack parlance, a podcast shout out also to, um, to, to, uh, the something to do podcast. Cause that's, really thank you. Not as frequent as this one, but not as frequent, but still, maybe a little more uh, in your lane, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's why I didn't pick any Husker Du records for today because I was like, I've already talked yeah, about. That's why uh, I didn't pick any either. <laughs> hey, listen, I uh, uh, I've been I've been fucking sick of music lately. Super sick of music. I've only been listening to people talking or Lana Del Rey. That's like the only things I listen to is podcasts, audiobooks, and Lana Del Rey. I know it's weird, but I've had some uh, like radio, Spotify playlist radios come up. And twice in the past week, I didn't hit next when a Husker Du song came on. Twice. Wow. Yeah, I'm, I'm growing. I'm growing. I am floored. <laughs> yes. I couldn't, I couldn't tell you their names, but uh, but they're there. They're like one of them's. What's the most famous Husker Du song? Uh, according to Spotify, 
don't want to know if you're lonely. That's the one. Yep. That's a great. That's a great track. It is. Yeah, for sure. It stands the test of time for sure. Yeah. So uh, I guess the first thing I know, Jason, we all we all kind of wanted to ask you guys, Mojack. I um, why SST? Like, what made you? Because looking at like, because sort of like with Rev, although Rev at least has a lot of like archival stuff, like it's pretty front loaded. The label, like. Which is a weird thing because I was thinking about us, like so many of our early episodes, we didn't know what we're doing, but we're going over some of like the best records on the label. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You should ask Brant because it's all his idea. Although it took it took me much less time to agree to do the show, uh, it sounds like, because I agreed to do the show instantly. But Brant had the idea. Uh, I don't know why exactly that. Like, probably um, the opposite or not the opposite, but kind of like, I think for me, for me, for sure. And I, I don't want to speak for Ryan, but I think also for Ryan, that the front loaded nature of it was part of the reason in terms of like, I, for I know most of those records and the, especially the, the big ones, right. That everybody talks about, but I'm not like an, I, I, I'm not an expert on SST. <laughs> People call us experts now and I just laugh, but, um, like there we're getting to so much stuff especially now that i i'd never heard until we started doing the show so that it was more about i think for us just the uh discovering a lot of it for sure and it kind of just turned into what it is you know yeah i think brant knew that i probably had a broader interest in the label over the years i think uh, Brant probably knew the big ones and a few offshoots. I had a, pro- a broader interest and that's probably why. And we used to play in a band together. Um, we used to live in the same apartment building together. So we've known each other for a long time, uh, met each other at a record store. How many times have you heard that? And so I think when Brant came up with the idea, um, I was probably in his top 10 choices and I, I accepted instantly. Um, I just said in, and then I started filling the holes in the catalog, you know, because there was definitely some albums by some artists that I had never heard before either. And I love like listening as a listener and hearing when you guys like kind of stumble onto something in the, in the catalog that you weren't as, uh, you know, well-versed in. And then you're like, Oh, this is, this is awesome. Um, and it's, you know, when you listen to these things, I always feel like the best podcasts are the ones where you almost start talking to the, like when you're listening, you almost want to jump into the conversation. And that's what it felt like with you guys. Like I was like, oh man, this is like a conversation I'd be having at the diner after a gig. Well, uh, I mean, I, that's, I, I reached out to, uh, I think Ryan, you and I talked through I email. It was Brant. I think it was, it might've been Brant. It's, it's probably Brant. He's Brant, a, yeah. He's, Brant's our social media. Not I, me. I literally heard a one of your episodes and a, you were talking about some stuff in Orange County. And I was like, yeah, I want to talk to these guys about this right now. Like I, I felt like, you know, this was I, I, I just wanted to talk about something. And so I think that was obviously there's been always kind of like a, a not always, but there's for a bit. There's been a kinship between our two podcasts. Oh, yeah. But uh, but I, for me, that was really the like the bridge was like, yes, this is some Shinfo. 
that I need to talk to. Oh, the venue, right? It was the the thing with the venue. Yeah, because it's like, I feel like I know. The recording spot. It was the recording of the HR record, I believe. That's it. Mm -hmm. Because it's like, I kind of know your guys' tastes, which is funny. Mm -hmm. Like, I know that Ryan's not going to be into metal. (laughs) We're working on that, though. (laughs) And and Brant is into, like, the heavier stuff. And Ryan seems more into, like, the punk rock and and the hardcore stuff. Um, So it's just, I don't know. It's been funny just listening for now. You guys have been on what's over six years, seven years or something like that. And just yeah. like watching everything go. But I know Jay, you know, Jason is also Jason's our resident pod god. He listens the pod to pod listener. Yeah. I'm the quiet listener, the the least <laughs> yeah. I, I talk the least. But what was the band that you both were in together? Oh boy. Uh so that's a band from the I guess what probably mid to late nineties. And it was a instrumental like garage surf rock band. And you can still, you can still find some of our stuff out there. We were called originally called the handsome devils, but then we found out this is like kind of before the internet. We didn't know that there were 40 other bands named the handsome devils. We thought Uh we, we had the only bright idea to call ourselves that. Uh, But then we found out there were a ton and we changed our name to the heat scores and there's some uh, of us still out there, like on Discogs and YouTube, but it's not the greatest. It's but uh, but that is, you know, um, Brant and I struck up a, uh, a friendship really early on when we met each other at the record store. He actually drove me home one day. Um, he said, hey, do you need a lift? I'm 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 heading home. I'll drop you off. He came over. Then, of course, you start looking at each other's records, record collection he pulled out, he saw that I had black flag, my war. And he's like, you're really lucky to have this. And, (laughs) and, uh, and then, you know, a few years later, I was begging and pleading to get in this band that he started up. And so it's like, we've known each other for a long time, but uh, that band, I think, I think it kind of ended around 2001, 2002. Brent still, you played in a few bands after that, but I've, I pretty much hung it up since then. Uh, and I used to play in like hardcore punk bands before that. Um, and we'll maybe we'll talk about that a bit when I get to my, my pick. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. We're, that's, we're, we're excited to hear that. I was thinking in our discord, people were trying to find a link between the labels and like we had the tenuous one of like, well, if you count Cruz, then Dave Smalley, and there's a Dag Nasty record on Rev. But one of the things I went back, because sometimes I'll go back and listen to the ones I missed of, of yours. And the Enjoy episode, Brian Probart worked for SST and then ended up working for Revelation. Yep. So I thought, well, there's a connection. So I, I, this is me saying out loud, like I may have to reach out to him and uh, see you know, if he can talk about Rev because that was a really fun uh, listen and seeing that SST commercial uh, that you guys talked about, um, <laughs> like just kind of wild. Yeah, yeah. I guarantee you, there's other connections for sure. There's oh wait, probably wait, lots. Wait, I've got uh, six degrees of innovations for my release. Actually, when we get to talking about it. Oh, I like. Yes, <laughs> that rules. So speaking again, Jason, I know you wanted to ask about. Something about Mr. Ginn. Oh, man, I could go on forever. I don't know why, but Black Flag's the one band that I can never tire hearing stories and lore about. But 
Did you have any contact with him whatsoever when during the course of the pod? And do you want to speak to him? Really is my bigger question. I mean, uh, we've tried, uh, no dice. We'd love to have him on. Um, especially now, you know, like I'd love to talk to him about his solo records or about some of these other projects. And of course about the label, but, uh, he doesn't, really talk about that stuff and like i would say 99 percent of the artists that we've spoken to have not talked to him in you know 20 plus years and they all ask if we do too uh-huh. so um yeah he's uh he's a real recluse i know like since black flag started touring again it seems like he's you know he'll talk to fans and take pictures and sign stuff and yeah i was one yeah. yeah, that's I took why I a photo with him, and it was a nice interaction. But at the same time, I'm definitely a fan. Just coming up to him and saying, "Let me yeah, take a photo with time. you, real quick," and, but not. Yeah, you see a lot of stuff on on Instagram and stuff where people are, you know, like he was totally cool and he chatted with me. And but yeah, I I, I think you know, like he just doesn't want to talk about. You know, you can probably guess the kinds of things that he 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 would be worried about getting asked. Yeah, that's true. That's what I thought sure. too. Like he kind of thinks maybe he's opening himself up to, uh, you know, once you, once you open that door, it's hard to close. And then, you know, people probably want to ask him all kinds of questions. And, you know, obviously there's the financials and things. I'm assuming Mike Watt maybe still has contact with him or maybe not. I don't know. I always just assumed. Why? You know, yeah. Like the, <laughs> He has said recently that, you know, he still, he gets paid from his royalty statements from SS, for him. Just, you know, when he gets asked why he hasn't tried to move the Minutemen stuff, for example, you know. Yeah. Mike's tight with, with Raymond for sure. And I think that that's not that Raymond is tight with Greg, but, <laughs> yeah. but, but I think that, uh, I don't know. I think Mike is friends with everyone, you know, yeah. and, and he's, uh-huh. he's one of those people who's able to do that no matter what. We try and, you know, or I do when I'm doing interviews, I, I don't really ask people about their relationship with Greg. I kind of try and stay out of that. And a a lot of people bring it up and I don't change the subject when they do, but you know, I'm not trying to dig for dirt and things like that. Yeah, for sure. We also, with our pod, we also try to stay away from that because when we have an episode coming up, there'd be people that email Greg and say, Oh, you should ask about this. And you should ask about that. And a lot of times <laughs> it's not appropriate or not necessarily important to the story either. So yeah, we get it's, that. It's not tabloid journalism. Yeah, for sure. But I, um, I've actually edited stuff out of our podcast where I was just going to ask if people ever went on a tangent you're like, all right, I think uh, <laughs> I've I think been I've been asked out. after interviews to edit stuff out. Hey, I said this thing. <laughs> yeah. Can you do yeah. this? Not really about the record label, but just in general. In general. Yeah. 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 Uh, I recently listened to the Keith Morris audio the the audio book of the Keith Morris book, uh, which was not read by him, thankfully. But uh, <clears throat> the 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 part about the cat flag show was super interesting to me that yeah. like his interactions with greg ginn uh you know before during and after and then to talk about jason about uh you know a fan um ginn basically or uh keith morris basically said hey 
don't bother me. Mm-hmm. If you yeah. see me walking down the street, don't fucking stop me for a photo with your fucking cell phone. It was very interesting to hear him talk like, hey, I'm just a dude trying to live. Like, be respectful. Oh, for but, sure. Yeah. Uh, I, I'd probably punish him if I saw him. Yeah. yeah. But also, it's like, I mean, what do you expect? I mean, yeah. not that you owe us anything. Right. I would just but be also, like, hey, man, big yeah. fan. Can I take a photo? All right. Thanks. See you later. Yeah. You know, not a whole. Also, like, it's like, you don't have to work a shitty office job like I do. Like, <laughs> take a fucking true. picture. <laughs> like, you know what Locked I mean? Like, but, take but, a fucking picture. But Keith Morris is not a is not someone that you never see. And when I saw Greg Ginn play guitar, I was fucking. I mean, when he was set up his guitar, I was so pumped just to see him get on stage. I, I, and I, I enjoyed a, it. I had a, a conversation with uh, several conversations with Jim Ruland, who uh, you all know who Jim is. He wrote the the Corporate Rock Sucks book about SST. Oh, yeah. We were talking about, you know, uh, the musicians and the people from the label and, and, and their, you know, their issues with Craig or whatever. And I, I said something to him like, it's just, it's unfortunate that so many people are bent out of shape about, you know, what would amount to a small amount of royalties in the grand scheme of things. Like, I mean, a lot of these artists, of course, Husker Du and Sonic Youth and Meat Puppets sold lots of records, right? But some of these artists, the record probably, you know, they made maybe 5,000 records and it never got repressed ever again, right? And and we're not talking about a, a lot of royalties, but people really focus on that. And he, you know, Jim kind of said to me, I, I don't think it's really about that. It's about the betrayal. Like mm-hmm. Greg and I were friends and and he he fucked me and and, and now we're not friends anymore because that seems to be a prevailing thing which is weird because i remember like you hear all this stuff about greg ginn and i remember seeing the interview on youtube of him with nardwar and like i was like he seems like a i mean he's just seems kind of aloof but like he seemed like a like he was laughing like he wasn't one of these people that like you know, like Rollins when he was with Nardwar, mm. <laughs> where he was like, you know, like he was kind of playing along and, you know, talking about stuff. And he was there for Ron Reyes' birthday, but we all know how that relationship ended as well with him and, and Ron Reyes. But it's we definitely just, have people on, though, who are very thankful and complimentary of Greg, too, uh, of what the label represented. Uh, what uh, the opportunity that he presented to them. And um, like, like Brant said, you know, some people still, you know, financially as well, they're grateful. So it's, it's a mixed bag, but as with many things, you know, it's the, uh, the grumpiest uh, and loudest voice. uh, That is the one that's most remembered. Fair enough. Uh, That's not to say that some of those people don't have a right to be pissed off either. Oh, not, yeah, not at all. But it's just like, we're just fans. So for us, it's like, it does, I can, you know, that doesn't like, it sucks if someone's not getting royalties that they should be getting. But ultimately, it's like, you know, the label itself is just absolutely iconic i mean it was one of the first like brand recognitions for me was sst you know because of black flag and then you know (laughs) when you're young and you don't have the internet you just assume anything on sst is going to be top tier yeah uh you know obviously there's some wild stuff on there but some of the weirder stuff 
as as a, you know in later years I've come around to, and there's definitely some hidden gems. Yeah, sure. a, a listener just sent me some photos of Jeff Tweedy from Wilco's. I think he has a new book. I'm not sure. It might be an older book. But he uh, he's talking about how exactly that, Jeff Tweedy, about how he would just buy anything that had the SST logo on it. And that's how, and it, he, he, there's a whole chapter in his book about how he discovered the band Slovenly that way, oh, yeah. who were uh, one of his favorite bands. So, I mean, for, for hardcore kids, that's also true of Revelation Records. You know, yep. walking in the in the mid to late '90s, especially, I think. Um, but even from the inception of the band, like, oh, or the label, this record is coming out. I don't know what it sounds like, but it's uh, it's. I like everything else on this label. I think maybe me people like me would get burned less by buying a random Revelation record pre ninety. Seven, than than buying a, a random SST record at all. Uh, you know, there definitely some some stuff in the '90s before you could sample. Maybe at the CD listening bar or in a friend's car or wherever. I could just imagine someone you know getting the uh, Engine Kid or or uh, Iceburn records and being like, or in the late 2000s, you know, the CD only era. Um, but SST, man, there is so much more out there. That, and a lot of it is, I don't want to say inaccessible, but it's definitely not as uh, accessible as, you know, some of the early. Yeah, like you won't, like some of the lesser bands, like not less, when I say lesser, I don't mean lesser, lesser known, known sure. not lesser because our podcast had me fall in love with engine kid and Iceburn, as I've said many times, like I ended up getting all the records and just becoming a super fan. Right. But you're but, not falling in love with Tom Tricoli's dog. Exactly. And what I'm saying too, is like with, <laughs> with, um, with Rev, even when we started the pod, you'd have people like, Oh man, that Iceburn record sick. Like I've never met anybody that said that, Oh man, Tom Tricoli's dog is fucking sick. You know, like, there's and you, parts you, prob you probably won't yeah and there's stuff that i've <laughs> never even heard of when you guys have the episodes i'm like what in the hell is this like you know there'll be these these uh releases that i didn't know existed even after pouring over the catalogs when i was younger because i'm sure you guys same thing you get the remember you get the catalog in there and yeah order stuff and i know you've had jordan on the show lots though has he ever talked about um like SST is like an inspiration as far as like what in terms of him challenging listener, his, his audience or his, you know, with not stuff like Iceburn. It's funny. Cause more like with Iceburn, I remember him talking about, um, if I recall, it's been a while and I'm, I'm, I'm one, I don't know if you guys, I never listened back to the episode. I stopped. I stopped. So I'll have people say to me, like some quote from it. And I'm like, what are you talking about? They're like, Oh, you said it on this episode. I'm like, Oh, okay. Um, but I remember him saying with Iceburn at that point, he got into more like the sub pop stuff, the Pacific Northwest mm. through, he was friends with, um, Gee from, uh, the obsessed. He Pinha Pinhas, uh, I think that's how you say his name. 
Um, so he got, you know, was early on Jordan was into Melvin's and bleach, you know, Nirvana bleach. And then like, you know, hearing Iceburn kind of had those, those heavy vibes, but I'm sure he likes like black flag and, you know, all the staples. Right. Most people do. I mean, even Javier likes some black flag. Yes. Some pre pre Rollins. I pre think, Rollins. Right? Rollins is my least favorite black flag singer. Spoiler alert. Oh. <laughs> hey, side two. Not 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 my black flag. <laughs> the side two, the, the my war demos, though. Amazing. Oh, yeah. The, I, like, I, put that I, that, I don't the know 80, why they put that demos up. or 83 demos. The 82 demos. 82 yeah, could demos. you imagine so. if they did this stuff like Discord does with archival stuff? And they could. And I would love it. And I would buy they're, it. They're just sitting. It's I've had this conversation way too many times on purple in the face with, you know, people um, about how just there's so much they could be doing. Like, like of all the royalties or not, like they're leaving a lot of money on the you know, table. Discord and Revelation are great at reissues. I hate them and I love them at the same time. You know, they're making a they're keeping stuff in print or putting it back in print. They do a good job, like with the bold record of sprucing it up a little bit, Um, you know, bold turning point kind of like it's not exact recreation. They're they're kind of, you know, inching it along. Um I think the chain of strength is a, a unfortunate blip in the in the reissue department, but for the most part, you know, as the Smiths say, reissue, repackage, reevaluate. Just keep putting out new colors, and some freaks will buy everything every you put out, one. every single thing. Yeah, yeah. So why don't we why don't we dive in? I want to hear what these guys have to say about the the rev, their rev records. Yeah. So uh, what we decided to do is we're going to kind of share our uh, our hot jam, our hot record of the opposite <laughs> uh, um, catalog. So Your Jason, hot ballot result. <clears throat> ballot yeah, result. our ballot yeah. result. Yeah. <laughs> Although I have a, I cheated. I have a couple. Well, my, uh, I, course, I, spoiler alert, mine is actually a couple. But okay. uh, good. <laughs> I'm most excited to hear Javier's yeah, actually. Right. Yeah. So, <laughs> I'm dead uh, serious. So let's kick a history lesson part one. Uh, hmm. Ryan, what is your hot First. rev jam? So this was easy and hard. And when I was looking at my my rev records, um, I was I it's it just brought back so many memories of like the '90s and how I didn't I didn't live like you know, in the Arctic, but I did live in the prairie in Canada and it was not easy to get a lot of music back then. And so when, when you saw um, bands on certain labels or certain releases, you did buy them just based on the label for sure. And Rev was one of them. Um, And I I can't recall ever getting burned by them, but what happened for me is uh, when I was about 17 um, and I had been in, into punk for three, four years, something like that. Um, I was kind of looking for what's next after really being steeped in bands like the descendants, black flag, uh, dead Kennedys, 
but then also into like bad religion and dag nasty. And in particular, I was like, what comes after bad religion and dag nasty for me? And it was far side for sure. The rigged album. Great um, pick. I could have went with a ton on the label and I might make some honorable mentions myself, but this uh, rigged album is I I've been listening to it. I mean, I'm very thankful for you guys to invite us on because it reminded me um, that I've been really uh, ignoring my rev albums for a while, <laughs> but I was just listening to this over and over this week. It doesn't get old. It totally holds up. Um, and it's awesome. Start to finish. Like every track on it is killer. I was listening to uh, the episode when you had the band on and it's just, you know, it's amazing when you hear them be critical about their own music. You're like, what are you talking about? That is perfection, right? Um, it has amazing songwriting, musicianship. Um, it also had like really personal lyrics, great harmonies, um, acoustic guitar, like just, it was, it was actually a revelation, you know, pun intended, um, in part because, um, it probably saved me from going like pop punk or something like that, like fully pop punk. This brought me back into, um, a whole kind of genre of music with revelation and uh, a number of others. And it, it actually brought me in. I started dabbling at that age into things like, um, like I knew about youth of today, but then I started checking out like even some Krishna core, like mantra was mantra was a big album for me too. Um, but as you mentioned, when you covered this episode, uh, Rev even put on in their ads, possibly the best record ever. And it's just killer, killer. Okay. And when I got it, um, then there, I don't know if you guys know that you probably know that comp, the antimatter comp. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Right. And then there was the, the track moral straight jacket on it. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, Oh dude, when is that new far side record coming out? And then Monroe doctrine came out. Um, it was just, I don't know. It's part of my DNA, much like many, many, uh, SST records. Now I wanted to, I don't want to eat up too much airtime. Um, and I want to do some honorable mentions, but I thought to give it the full Mojack treatment, um, for this far side record, I do, I test everyone on the call here and see if we can do a game that we play on. You don't know Mojack six degrees of innovations. That is you start somewhere and you end up with Greg Ginn. And I figured out at least four ways that you can get from far side to Greg Ginn. Okay. Um, so now, uh, Greg actually alluded to one I got earlier. It. I got it. Um, why don't you go for one? Let's hear one. Okay, so Kevin Murphy played in 411. 411 was played in uh, Plan B skate or maybe Plan B skateboarding video. Um, ah. And Mike Vallely is uh, has 411 as his music. He slides down a handrail, and uh, I believe those homophobic is playing. So that's like two degrees right there. So cool. Kevin Murphy 411 411 Mike Vallely Mike Vallely Black Flag. Cool. Nice. So, okay. So I have, I have an, another SS tree off of that, but let's nice. see if any, let's see if anyone else has got one. I'm usually real good at these too. Yeah. You are the knowledge, knowledge bank. bank. <laughs> you know, I'm not going to pull one. So I'm thinking, so I'm thinking something I was going to try with, um, Rob Hayworth, who was the original guitar player, mm. but I'm trying to think of like, 
the way to connect it. And I can't, I know it's going to come to me like in the middle of the night. Um, and then I thought maybe something with Jim Monroe who produced it. Like, I don't know if he, Oh, I, ch- uh, I checked. I couldn't find, I couldn't find <clears throat> one clear, but does someone have one? No, I want to hear what yours is though. Mine. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll start with one of them. I have, I have a few, but I, one way you can get there is Kevin and 411. Mm-hmm. And the drummer for 411 is Mario, uh-huh. who is, who is an off <clears throat> Uh-huh. Keith Moore, Keith Morris, Black Flag, Greg Ginn. That, that was one. a great one. Yeah. That's, That's a one. Too, yeah. Okay. I should have thought of that. Yeah. So, Greg, you thought of one earlier too, right? So let's. Um, but I'm going to get to it circuitously. Okay. So Popeye, new record out, Calling Hours, right? Say Less, Killer, Rev 206, go get it. Who's in that band with Popeye? The guys that are in Don't Sleep. Boom. And then you go to Dave Smalley. All Beale Stevenson, Greg in. Boom. Okay. I was actually going to ask if you were into that Calling Hours uh, record. Oh, I yeah. don't know, no. Brant, if you've heard it too. I get a lot of like Warner's era Husker Du vibes from it. Um, Same with I, that band Praise as well. Yeah, Praise have the DC sound, but yep. that Husker Du cover is phenomenal. Fuck, dude. Yeah, it is. It is like... I almost think I like it more than the original, um, which is crazy. But I just maybe just the, I don't know because I love the original. Okay, I'll say I won't say I like it more. It, it holds up to the uh, with with the original. There. Let me give you let me give you two quickies. Um, so Brian Chu. Okay, this is this is very tenuous though. Brian Chu, self titled Far Side record Rev Forty Five. They do the Husker Du cover. Hardly getting over it. SST Greg in that's a little tenuous right um Bob he plays on hope you're unhappy that track right for far side on the god money soundtrack which also has tracks from descendants and Rollins band SST Greg in there you go there you go and there it is it's all on boom we wow, gotta get a photo of it. <laughs> yeah yeah you need to send you need to send a, a picture of that I drew it all out. Can Those I guys will get a kick out of that. The far Can I give you a, like 30 seconds of honorable mentions? Oh, please. please. Yeah. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> s- start today. Quicksand, self-titled. Uh, Rochambeau, of course. All the sense field. Engine Kid, Angel Wings, of course. Shades Apart, save it. Uh, set your goals. Manic Compression. Uh, let's see. Texas is the reason. Ignite, past our means, and call on our brothers. Um, let's give it up for Speak 714. Uh, buy a thread. Uh, let's see. Game face always on. Dag nasty minority of one you mentioned. This is a weird one, but I love this one. The plot to blow up the Eiffel Tower. Got to check that one out. And then another quick plug for calling hours. Nice. Did um Spark Marker were they from around? They're another Western Canada, right? Yeah, Vancouver. Uh, that was a very fun conversation. Uh, Hav and I had with Kim and Rob. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, to get a different perspective, you know, from, you know, we hadn't had a Canadian uh, group on it. Buy a Thread's also from right Vancouver, I think, right? Yeah. Yeah. That first record I really liked. X members of uh, Strain, Strain, right? Yeah. yeah. So should hardest, we, hardest. do you think, why don't we bounce, we'll bounce so that, sure. uh, you know, so Javier, I want to hear yours. Oh, you're uh, straight to me. Not saving yeah. the best for last. Can you guess <laughs> what it is? 
So, so let me guess. Yeah, yeah. Or no, go ahead, go ahead, Greg. I'm going to think about it while you while you guess. So I I, I don't know if you were going to do like a because I said I wanted to try to pick a lesser talked about lesser spoken about ones, but no, I was going to say just my, picking my favorite. I was going to say Milo goes to college or two things at once. I can die. Uh, uh, what do you got two, there? Two things at two once. Things on, at once. Cassette, nice. okay. on cassette, nice. yeah, yeah. You can't see it very well because of the light, but yes, two things at once. On cassette is my preferred way to listen to this. My boombox plays it a little fast, even. So when that opening bass comes in, it's like a little <laughs> bit like it's a little bit a little bit fast. Um, I've been listening to music when I I did listen to this this week in preparation on really bad headphones just the regular Apple headphones. And it reminded me of listening to it on a Walkman. Um, that's SST records. Uh, I mostly originally purchased on cassette from a record store here called noise, noise, noise. And I remember seeing some, like, I remember seeing a, a HR singing in the heart on cassette when I was a kid and just being like, no, I don't think I would like that. Um, I'm not going to take a chance on my my <laughs> hard-earned allowance money on on this. Um, but two things at once, man, is it's not only my favorite SST record, but it's one of my favorite punk records of all time. You know, it's like two I'm things at argue. once. Uh, Suffer is probably <laughs> up on there. Mm. And just every track on this is good. Even the like, you know, early, early tracks, um, which I I also love the re-recorded versions of on the, the newest Descendants record. Oh, the Ninth oh, and Walnut. I, yeah. That record yeah. is, I like that record a lot, yeah, actually. Yeah. I don't like Friend Zone Core Descendants, like Simp Core. I'm, uh, uh, hey, I'm, I'm the <laughs> one and Simp Core. Oh, oh okay. All that nine. And ever since he mentioned that, though, I will admit, like, I hear it and I'm kind of like, oh, stop man. whining, bro. But but I get it. Like, it's it's tough. I for get me it. Now. I get it too. Yeah. But like, I, I just when I was a teenager. No, I mean, that's my favorite. I, that's my favorite. I didn't that. Right it's, it's so weak. And I love uh, it. I love it. And, I love it. Um, <laughs> Catalina, if I were to make a list of my top 10 favorite punk songs <clears> of all time, Catalina is going on there. I'm putting the fucking, I'm putting the doors tape on and getting you out of my head, bitch. I'm that's one of my you. one of my favorite Descendant songs as yeah. well. Uh, I think an underrated song on that is uh, "Gene Is Dead." Is uh-huh. one of my favorites yeah. as well. So there are definitely some sowing the seeds of Friend Zone Core on this record. You know, hope. Of course, is is a, a bit friend zone, Corey. But then you got shit like fucking my dad sucks, and uh, I'm not a punk. Where it's like these are just pissed off fucking beach rats that are just banging on their instruments and making some yes. some great punk music. And, it's the uh, best. I mean, it's the best Descendants record. Sure. I mean, Milo goes to college. There's yeah, Milo goes I can't, to college. I can't. You know, I've said, oh, everything sucks because being and Jason, I've talked about like the excitement around everything sucks when the descendants came back for anybody that was around, which was everybody on this Zoom. I mean, that was huge because that was before every band got back together. And I couldn't believe that, like, I was going to get a new descendants record 
Um, and- also, uh, sorry to cut you off. Honorable mention for me is Jealous Again. Um, <clears throat> and what's the record that Chavo sings on? That uh, well, he he Ron Ray is Chavo was jealous again, and then uh-huh. yeah, some yeah, of yeah. everything went black. Yeah, I don't really normally get down with everything went black. It's like six pack. His first four years, basically, like I can get down with or the wasted again. Um, I have that on on cassette, and again, the more angry Black Flag for <laughs> the me, better. the better. More angry, my the war. better. Yeah, my war is number one. I haven't posted on my vinyl gram in a while. So just Man, spoiler I, alert. I, uh, but that I, is number to one. Me, hey, hot take, damaged, unlistenable record. You're insane. I know yes, you said that. Uh, I love damage. <laughs> but I listened to it today just to remind myself that I love it. Hey, Jason. I'd rather listen to fucking also? singing in the heart than damaged. I think I might have heard Ryan or or Brant say that they don't necessarily love damage. Am I wrong or am I correct in that? Uh, Maybe it was the song six pack. Maybe it was some talk about the song. What what you have likely heard Brant and I both say is that Henry's actually our favorite singer. Fair enough. From, from flag. That's probably what people remember us and, and, you know, revile us the most for. No I'd way, rather, man. I'd That's rather where, listen to no Mike Vallely than Henry Rollins. You're insane. <laughs> I love Rollins. <laughs> so I mentioned it on our pod before, but Brant and Ryan, would you agree? I said to me, and maybe it's because it's literally the first punk rock proper song that I heard because it's the first on the album. But to me, the song My War is the quintessential hardcore punk song. Like if you were showing an alien what – hardcore punk is you can't really do much better than that song because any minor threat has song everything. any minor threat song i'd rather play for an alien i mean i i love minor threat and i i, I full disclosure as a whole i mean i like minor threat more than i like black flag as a whole but it, but there's it's also hard to compare because you have such a little body of, but but of i mean but, we we could really get into the weeds here about it but there's too much noodling on my war to make it a quintessential <laughs> Hard song, punk song. Yes, on the song. It's too much. It's too out there. I don't know. It's, yeah, it's I, don't know it's a, enough. I don't know if it's the quintessential hardcore song, but it's the quintessential Black Flag song. I I could agree with that. Okay, I I fair. would say the song "Jealous Again" with Ron Reyes singing probably I would play first, and then "My War" second. Because mm-hmm. right. that's the two sides of the of the coin, right? Have you guys seen when Flag does "My War" with Keith singing? That I did live, that live footage, that video. Oh, it's great. I was at one of the shows. Same oh here. My God, it looks like the room is gonna just explode, mm-hmm. and it's insane. I actually, um, Hoff, and I, I think this is a spot on observation. Uh, Mr. Berlant, our patron, said it seems like you mostly like Frank Nevetta's writing for descendants and i was like that makes sense like the more sure. like fast angry yeah you know because he was the one like even in the filmage documentary bill talks mm-hmm. about how he was just like dripping with resentment uh-huh. for everything just a pissed off hey and and these songs on two things at once this is the last thing i'll say about it they're not easy they're they're complicated guitar stuff. There's lots of like scales and uh, and very fast playing. 
it's like minor threat too. It's not easy music. It's no. It's like no way. It's 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 complicated, but it um and that's why that's often it's like a copy of a copy of a copy further on down the road where bands are trying to imitate it, but maybe they're not even good players, and so they're playing their version. It's like a meta. That's how pop punk was invented. Yeah, right. It was people that couldn't play trying to play like Descendants, and they just mm-hmm. missed the mark. Mm-hmm. Um, did Bill Stevenson invent the blast beat, like he says <laughs> on My Dad Sucks? <laughs> Have you ever heard him say that? <laughs> Yeah. He's, he said that, uh, I like when we had him on as a guest, I'm pretty sure he said that. I mean, it's definitely one of the earlier examples of that, you know, that, that drum beat, but mm. for, anywho, Wiener, for the Wiener schnitzel, yeah, Wiener mm. schnitzel. And I think my dad sucks. Mm. Right. But anyway, Brant, kick, kick your, uh, oh, hot, hot I, would, I was going to say Brant's for last because Jason's okay. and mine are not going to be Jason. Spawn. You go. Mine's going to be anticlimactic if you're letting me go last. (laughs) (laughs) All right, we'll do Jason and then Brant and then Greg. So it was hard to get to this one because I had to narrow down my list. So I'll probably do some honorable mentions also. And we're talking about one of my favorite bands ever. But the song that got me into this music was Freak Scene Mm. on the Speed Freak Santa Cruz video. And it blew my fucking brain. There's something about that song, Freak Scene, in the lyrics that Jay put together that I love so much. And just everything about the record, Bug, the artwork for it is amazing. Yeah. Even though it's, I know that Maura Jasper said that it's darker than she wanted it to be. But I do think that there's something about that cover visually that's just, I don't know, there's something mysterious about it. I love that. And, uh, hey, and then hey. the song, Don't fucking insane yeah. so it's those two songs because i thought I, I i contrasted and compared you're living all over me and bug thinking that i was going to pick you're living all over me because the songwriting is just i don't know how jay and lou put those songs together i mean i know that they took all their influence and influences and mashed them together but the the recording quality for bug is a little crisper and i think i do like that more and then also when i was doing I've been listening to the Our Band Could Be Your Life book on Spotify, and I know that Jay wrote all the music on Bug, and I think I like I prefer his songwriting to lose. So that's my favorite. Well, you, you're a big Lou fan? <laughs> yeah. Oh, fanatic. He's a fanatic. I love uh, Lou. I mean, I like them both. I love one them both. of one of the one yeah. of the I mean Jason knows one of the greatest bands. Of all time. Of just all time. Distant, any genre. I just and saw them again. Uh, they yeah. did the Where You Been record uh, front to back. Wow. And it was phenomenal. And Lee Ronaldo, a little more of the SS tree, came out and did uh, – he sang on Little Fury Things and uh, a Neil Young cover. Yeah. Um, he, here's what's crazy. Dinosaur Jr., one of the best bands ever, one of my favorite bands, also influ- influences – one of my favorite bands, one of the best bands ever, My Bloody Valentine. And you can hear that all through your living all over me. Like, and that's why that's why I had a hard time trying to narrow it down to bug, but I gotta go bug just because that's the record that kind of like put me on the path of wanting to explore punk and hardcore. And there's something about those songs that still has this quality of mystery to it. The way it makes you feel when you play those songs 
start to finish, at least the way it makes me feel. It's just something about that that I don't know if it's bringing me back to nostalgia of when I discovered it. The song nah, it's great. a great record. <laughs> it's a great record, but then and, some people and the, the Mojack and, episode also. You guys, I love that. Was that the one with Sean? I was uh, going to ask about that. Is is that did did, did I imagine that the um, on Freak Scene did was it on your podcast where it explained where the like background yelling came from that was recorded in the like the asylum? Well, so, uh, yeah, similar to what. Uh, one of you were saying, I don't listen back and I have a terrible uh-huh. and people will, <laughs> people will comment on like an Instagram post from like four years ago and, uh-huh. and practice on something. And, and I'm just like, I have no idea what you're talking about, but um, I don't know, Ryan, do you remember, didn't Lou work in an old folks home? Or yeah, something? that was it. And and one of the guys was like yelling for his pills or something like that. And Lou yeah. was taking his like tape recorder and just recording random. That's, shit so, that's just, not on, that can't be on freak scene though. That must've been on a, you're living all over me. When the dudes, you know, when the you're dude's killing yelling, me, you're killing me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it's on you're a, living all over me. That's a uh, God. No, I can't think of the song name right now. I, I can't think of the song name. I'm bad with song names. I Great thought it was on scene. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm. Is it yeah. on raisins? Maybe. Yes, no. I was gonna say raisins. No. Nope. So freak scene is uh, you 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 know that's the hit. That's probably their. I mean, they always seem. I've to never close with not it. seen them play it. I don't. Think. And I think that it was maybe it was in a bunch of different skate videos at the time, but I kind of feel like that's the song that that really got them popular at least in in my world but then also on the same santa cruz speed freaks <clears throat> documentary or uh skate video was coolidge by the descendants so i was going to take it to the comp zone for nice. summary because nice. summary i heard that it's also descendants is one of my favorite bands and in those songs i'd still just i know the descendants from that discography tape you know, I, that's what I think of when I think of it. Summary. I don't, summary. yeah, I don't think of it I as just, individual releases. You know, I think of it as summary. I just bought summary today. Oh, really? On CD. I was at, I was at a store, a very, it was a very, I would say this is a brand, especially approved small hall, which I sent to Matthew, who's on the call. I sent him a picture. I got the summary CD. It was used and I got uh, the first trouble LP. Nice. Oh, yeah. So yeah, very and I just wanted to show this is one of my prized possessions is a oh a yeah, no dinosaur no. uh copy of this since it was mentioned. So I'm not gonna bring this one up because oh, Jason uh mentioned that one. Um great pick though. But Jason bug loves it. Dinosaur bug. Jr. I bug. told Jason oh, yeah. a story about when uh you know I didn't know it's funny because they have such a connection to hardcore, obviously, deep wound and just you know, the whole Boston you know, Massachusetts, Western Mass, whatever. And I remember when the merge reissues came out, I, I had Where You Been when I was a kid and then kind of just like, was like, oh, it's like alternative rock. It's cool, but I like punk. And then going backwards to those early records. And I remember they were reissued and I was like, I'm going to get into Dinosaur Jr. again. <laughs> so I like bought the reissues. And I remember I, we were doing a weekend with some of Jason's friends. This was early 2005. And uh, Renee Hartfelt, and they were like, you know, who loves Dinosaur Junior? Jason. Like he's been known because it, it wasn't like it. Yeah. it wasn't like acceptable nor cool to be like, no, I fucking love Dinosaur Junior around that time. It was like it well, wasn't like and that's you why like more like, than the Chromex. Yeah, I was like, you know, like what's wrong my, with you? Jason's my dude. And then yeah. I wore the 
I had the shirt with the monster on it at yeah. Aussie numbers and um, Dan Yeeman from Paint It Black and Lifetime, uh-huh. he came up and he was like, I love that band. And he was talking about seeing them around You're Living All Over Me in Michigan. Oh, fuck. Um, and how it was just like incredible live. Well, so. let me get one last one. And that's Saccharine Trust, Pagan Icons. Oh, yeah. That record's so awesome. And I don't like any other Saccharine Trust records. What? And Mike, that's what I wanted to ask. Like, is there another record I should check out? Because I love Pagan Icons and there's something about the other ones that doesn't grab me, but that one I love. It's great. It's early saccharin, but they're all great. Um, but I mean, yeah, I would, I would spend some more time with their later releases. I'll go back and check out and I'll check out some more of it, but yeah, that one just good. sounds like so good. What'd you say? What's the one with the woman that is like, is the actual surviving, picture surviving, of it. It's surviving yeah. you always like that's, Brant and I have spieled about that dozens of times about how this Canadian band that we're a huge fan of pigment vehicle were so heavily influenced by that particular record and sound. Okay. Um, but yeah, check out all the saccharine stuff. The live stuff is like, you know, maybe a bit uneven, but the studio albums are just killer. You just maybe need to spend a bit more time with them. That's yeah. I'll go back and check it out. Surviving you always though. Do it. Thank you. Good uh, picks, Jason. Real quick, it's in a jar that has that, the guy like yelling. Yes, I can hear it now. Uh-huh. In a jar. And it yeah. Yeah. Ah, I definitely thought it was Jason. Yeah, and um, also, it was from your podcast that I learned that it's not little furry things. Furry. My whole life, I thought it was furry. I think they did that on purpose. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Just like spelling yeah. raisins wrong. Yeah. Hopefully, no one like had a spelling test after raisins. getting that record and thought it was thought it was spelled with an A at the end instead. <laughs> um. All right, but yeah, good good ones, Jason. Sacrament Trust. That Sacrament Trust record. That's the first one. That's that's on uh, Kurt Cobain's top fifty. Is it? Yeah. Pagan icons. Oh, Pagan icons. So is um my war and damaged. What about and what think, the, and and I think so he had a saying, he had a he had a Steve Fisk record. That's so you're issue. saying he didn't have good taste in music? I'm not saying that at all. But you know what's funny? Someone this is totally off topic. I just saw I had an idea for a podcast. I was like, I want to do a podcast about his top fifty that's in his journals. And uh, I just saw. Let's do it next year. I just saw Spin posted something that somebody's doing like a big budget uh, where they're yeah. going to like interview, of course, like a lot of the people in the bands and stuff. And get and paid like, for their podcast, crazy. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> um, but, but, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, it, that was on there too, uh, and some other cool stuff. All right, Brant. Brant, let's hear it. Bring okay, it. well, I need to. Uh, issue a qualifier here i so i grew up in a really small town um and i was like the guy that discovered punk rock and and was like the tastemaker for all of my friends so i had nobody like giving me records to check out so like a lot of people that are probably listening to this or probably most of you i got into punk rock through skateboarding and um literally by like looking in the back of Thrasher magazine and and like looking at the t-shirts that you could order. And I was like, okay, this is the kind of shit that skaters are into. Uh, 
So, and, and I was a metalhead. So a lot of the stuff I got into was like, um, Dead Can like the big bands, right? Black Flag, Dead Kennedys, and then a lot of Canadian stuff like DOA, SNFU. Um, most of the, like all of the 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 like, I, and I was not a hard. Uh, I wasn't like a. I was the furthest thing from straight edge for sure. Um, and I'm I'm a little bit older than Ryan too. Um, so like I think Ryan, like you and your friend group, were really into a lot of like that kind of hardcore and it just was it was just not uh on my on my radar at all and um a lot of the stuff that i've heard since um you know in the last 20 years or whatever like leeway or something like i know they weren't a rev band per se but like i would have totally been all the way down with some of that stuff because i I love leeway yeah i was into a lot of crossover bands just from being a a metal guy had you known about it right yeah yeah for sure yeah i just didn't just didn't know about it and um i just wasn't exposed to it and so i i was trying to think of like the first revelation record that i even heard was probably i moved after high school i moved to a bigger city and made friends with people in the punk scene and this this guy that i was friends with we were making tapes for each other or whatever and he made me a a 90 minute tape that had uh fastbacks and his orchestra on side one and then on side two was start today and uh a weird tape I but i like the fastbacks a lot yeah so do i i know that's a, a a total like revelation records cliche probably um but that was for sure the first i'm guessing the first record i heard but most of the other stuff i eventually got into was either uh from ryan making me tapes like quicksand and things like that or actually uh from your show uh so a few of my uh, kind of, I, I just made a short list here. I really like all that iceburn stuff, and uh, I love the iceburn and engine kid split right up my alley. Um, I loved all of your iceburn and iceburn collective shows. Um, Poetry of Fire is super cool, especially the nods to Miles Davis, Robert Fripp, and Black Sabbath. Loved all of that. Gentry is a fucking wizard. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, the Bluebird EP, uh, really like that. It's uh, definite Fugazi, uh, like Jawbox influence, but it's also, as we say on our show, a little new windy, which I really like. Mm-hmm. And that's on the SS Tree. It's engineered by Scott Reeder of the band Dark Side and a lot of those desert bands that we will be getting to, like Fatso Jetson. He wasn't in Fatso Jetson, but he's connected to to all of those guys. Um, a recent one that I checked out because of your show that I that I liked, Damnation AD, is really cool. Oh, that yeah, that's our that's nice. our uh, buddy our Mike. Boys. Yeah, that record is real. That's I mean, we talked about on that. That's my favorite Damnation record. It's just so heavy. heavy. Yeah, uh, but I, my pick is uh, the self titled Into Another record. Yes. I so like I got an underdog tape. The Vanishing Point, I still have it, but that's like the closest I came to New York hardcore when I was a kid. I bought it on a whim, and to be honest with you, I never really liked it when I was growing up. Same. Um, uh, so, like, I'm not, I'm will never claim to be an expert, but if I would have heard this into another when it came out in 1991, I I would have been all over it for sure. Mm. And uh, so, I've been into that for a while now, and then, um, uh, you know. 
obviously Richie's vocals are, are really good. And to me, the, when I hear that band, it's like a cross between, uh, uh, you know, bad brains or like the shredding of Dr. No for sure. And, and just the metal influences. I, when I hear his vocals, it kind of reminds me of, uh, Leonard from the Dickies a little bit, actually the vibrato in his voice which I really like. So uh, I really like that record. So that's going to be my pick. I'm going to, after this call, I'm going to go inside and put that on the turntable and put it straight to the song powered (laughs) with the fucking, Oh my God. I fucking love that record so much. (laughs) I actually listened to it this week. I hit these two uh, knuckleheads up with um, our, in our group chat with Mike McTurnan from, Damnation AD and his brother Brian McTurnan, who is uh, audio wizard and um, and be battery well, be well man. And I was like, hey, I, I'm trying to make a playlist for my wife of uh, mostly songs where it's just uh, like maybe a, a guy in it is acoustic guitar, right? And so I was having a tough time building this playlist, and I actually put Splinters on there, or not, uh, not Splinters, the uh, the acoustic song on um on on self-titled i'm having a brain fire anyway i don't know the names yeah okay, the names uh which is weird because you are the knowledge bank and but i'm horrible uh, with names it's horrible funny. with names of songs but not producers of random obscure records or apparently. studios not at all yeah, studios so it's it, great it's my specialty so i had a couple i pulled a bunch just like of course thinking did. someone would mention, of course I did, but I'm not going to talk too much about them. This is my favorite Bad Brains record. Yep. Bar none. Eye against eye. I think it's flawless. I love the production and I love the songs on it. Um, just wanted to show this one off. This is a SST of Sonic Youth Sister. Um, it's the half edited version. So it has the Disney picture here but it oh, does yeah. not have whatever i forget it was like the little girl in the back um i figured someone was going to pick these so i i didn't um and then i have my real picks my one pick that i'll pick and then two honorable mentions so the one i wanted to pick that's super underappreciated the last nice awesome confession good this pick. is a, this is a fantastic I've record. never heard of that. Oh, you dude, have I no, ha, what? Why you have How? descendants? Uh, well, you don't like. That's right, you don't like. So in Van, <laughs> this is the band they mentioned. Play the last tape. Um, oh, I mean, I know that song. The song's about farting. No, no, not that song. Well, so so produced by Bill Stevenson. <laughs> this was done around the same time as All started. Um, just. Uh, such a great band, but this album, especially, I think this is my favorite last record. Um, but the the gin and innuendos is really good. I think Ryan, did you say that's your favorite? Maybe. Or no, it was um. Oh, I forget the the two folks that were on the 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 guy. I oh, Jeff was, and Soraya. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 It's probably Jeff's. Yeah, I don't think that's my favorite. That's a LA really good record, though, Confession. LA yeah. Explosion, is that your favorite? Maybe, yeah. But, I mean, the last heavily influential band, especially on those early Descendants records. 
like yes. the set, like yeah. that's what I said. Hav, you might actually like if you like those early, yeah, like For, like Frank, ri- ride the wild. Yeah, uh, it's a hectic world. Yeah, that uh-huh. was just them trying to be the last. All right, I'll check it out then because those, I mean, those two songs. I love this the like kind of surf jangly vibe you, of that. They were part of that like kind of like Paisley Underground, um, a little bit, right? Is am I correct in that? Like that whole like vibe of the bands that were like from the punk scene but played the more like psychedelic uh one of the nolte brothers started the descendants and that's right and and then ended up in the last as well so there's there's pretty deep ties with the descendants three-part harmonies and just like so they're south bay band oh yeah yeah it's i mean like i said i would i would i don't know which one i would say to listen to maybe just go on spotify and look at the most played songs she, and just she don't she don't know why i'm here yeah but you like that kind of stuff actually th- that reminds me one of the bands i one of the records i discovered from your show was that opal record mm. is awesome yeah. the pre-mazzy star band jason i don't know if you ever oh heard. no i didn't listen to that one that opal record it's i found it on a blog because you can't find a cd or tape or, okay. or vinyl for anything that's affordable um so yeah that was the last was my pick and then my honorable mentions were um self-titled saint vitus even though born too late is probably my favorite i think the importance of this one um in the and not only for saint vitus and for like the genre but for sst yeah. Yeah. the fact that like this was like i love stuff that pisses off punks yeah like i've always loved doing that kind of thing and this pissed off a lot of people I don't think you can underestimate the influence that St. Vitus probably had on Black Flag, too. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And then, finally, this holds up to any Descendants album. Boom. I will die on that hill. This record. People that like Descendants and don't like all, I think, are, are posing. But what Descendants? <laughs> You're fine. But anyone that likes okay. like everything all sucks, right. okay. like yeah. everything sucks, is legitimately an all record. With, with my there's the demos, right? The demos yes. the, with Chad Price. But Scott, I, I know Ryan, you're with. I think you said Scott's your favorite, for sure, hundred percent. I mean, yeah. this especially now. What sucks is, and I think you guys talked about it on the on the pod. Um, and this is Cruise, by the way. This is an SST, but um. The CD and digital have Hot Rod Lincoln, which is just such a stupid cover. It's like a total skipper. Yeah. But then the problem is, is that you want to be like, but then it also has a song at the end called Carnage. Yeah. Which I'm like, why wasn't that on the on the record? Like, there's probably one song I would swap on here for for Carnage, and it would be absolutely perfect. Yeah. But yeah, yeah all and Scott Scott's such a hell as well hell as well a fella. He was so gracious to us. Yeah, he's a great. I remember he's like, "Am I? Bo- is this boring?" And you guys are like, "No, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely not." And I was like, "Same thing." I'm like, "No," because I never really heard him get that deep about, um, you know, his how he joined the band. Like I just kind of, you know, found like, oh yeah, I slept at the practice space and, but like finding out like, you know, his ties 
to them. And yeah, all, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I got into them around the time of descendants. And then I will admit when everything sucks came out, I was kind of like, Oh, I don't need to listen to all anymore. Descendants are back. And then within the last like 15 years, I really like took a dive into all central. And now I'm like, Oh, I, I love descendants. I'll go see him, but I want to see all. Mm-hmm. All right, guys. Uh, history lesson part two. Uh, what's one, I have a question about your pod. What is, or who is someone who you haven't been able to get on your show that you want for, or maybe you missed, you didn't, you did an episode and you couldn't get someone or someone in the future who is your, uh, your white whale. Besides Greg Ginn. Besides Greg, yeah. We, we talk about this often for me. I can, the, the first two that come to my mind are Lou Barlow. And then the other one would be Carl Alvarez. There's a ton more, but I feel like, um, and I, it would be great to have Jay Maskus on too. Right. And, and Rollins. Um, but those would be the two that I'd love to hear from the most directly. Wait, and didn't, would, wasn't Lou on an episode? Not yeah, we had yeah, we had Lou on. Yeah, <laughs> I was sitting there and I'm like, "Oh my god, is this the Mandela what? effect?" He was on for just like heaven, right? Uh, I don't remember what episode. One of the EPs. Oh, it was like shit. not. You're right too. You're right. Ah, oh, then it's Carl. He seems easy enough to get a hold of. Yeah, we've come close with Carl a few times. It's just uh, hard with the Descendants touring and stuff. We'll have him on eventually, I think. Mm-hmm. We've been doing this for a long time, man. Yeah, I have a yeah. I have a question. Wow. <laughs> How do you get through the episodes so quickly? We we're going uh, slow yeah, in we're, comparison. We're so that we're was rushing right now. How do you get through the episodes? And did you ever get to a point where you were like, I don't want to do this? <laughs> well, Ryan can tell you how many times I've texted him and been like, dude, I we need to take a break. I'm getting burnt. This is no fun. Yeah. Yeah. And my um, and my memory is obviously bad too. I mean, like, wow. Um well, yeah, we've, yeah, there's we've, been a lot of episodes, got, man. So it's hard to keep track, and and oh. most people who listen know know that I do the interviews. So it's you know, you can be excused there, Ryan, for for yeah. not remembering and and uh, we divide and conquer though. Like really, that's that's the only way we can get through them. Uh, and and we've been slow this year um, because hey, you know life happened as of as of last Sunday. Y'all have uploaded 261 episodes yeah that's fucking crazy yeah well i probably wouldn't remember it all either i find it do you find it more fun when you take a break because i definitely do when Uh it's when it's a little more lax it's a lot more enjoyable when we were trying to do one a week at first Uh well we could we could also do it for a while because we weren't going to work i wasn't going to work you know, we we were in the middle of pandemic when when we started doing this, and all everybody wanted to talk. All the bands they had time, and then yeah. once the world opened up and people hit the road again, that's when things got hard. To yeah, stick. like we never even had to deal with like a publicist or anything. You know, I don't know if you guys do. Once in a while, I've had times. Maybe you guys maybe. also are like way more organized than we are in terms of like doing Patreon stuff and like uh bonus episodes and shit like that so 
Yeah. You know, that takes a lot of time too. So don't. Brent, Brent gets super stressed out, but I will tell you that it is my, my favorite time of the week when, uh, when we record together. The worst part of the week is uh, then when I have to listen to it all back. That's the worst Are you part. the editor? Yeah, Ryan. <laughs> oh, okay. We, we, we shared that duty at first, but it's kind of... Uh, so that's Javier. As we've you. gone along, the, the duties have been split up and Ryan, Ryan yeah. takes that one. Brent, Brent even tried to get me to like, you know, figure out how to do interviews and stuff. And then it's like, nah, man, you're too good at it. And he's like, I just hate editing. And I'm like, okay, let me do that. Um, and then we will split up the history lessons. Kind of depends on, you know, who's got time, who, like whose band is it too? We've kind of got our own bands on the label. It's like that Ryan band, that's a Brant band. That's kind of the division of labor. Um, but it's super, it's super, you know, it's, we say it, it's we Jamie Cano, we don't do nothing but research, listen, talk, edit, and repeat. For for me, when I'm ready to take a break, it's because I want to literally like um, listen to other kinds of music <laughs> or, read, or read other books that yeah. are related to music or SST or what, instead of like, I just want to watch a movie instead of watching a documentary so I can spiel about it on the show. Because like you guys show. really do the research, I got to say. I mean, like more like like you guys have notes and like I, i'm famously like I, I i like don't have notes but like you have the knowledge you got when the i do the interviews so you can like, always bring like, up this yeah like i it's my one gift i guess like i can go to the interview and just it's like jazz i just can like improvise and kind of that's cool weave in and out like what to ask that um, that is a gift uh just you know from the standpoint of the guy who does the interviews like people always say that that um i have a lot of guests say that like wow you're you're really prepared or you're really um digging deep and it for me it's like just my personality i i don't think i could do an interview and not be completely prepared i'd probably have a panic attack yeah i can't, was- I can't riff and and when i'm really jealous of people who can do that Brant already texted me. We're doing our our end of year show tomorrow, and so we're doing top tens of 2023. Oh, nice! SST roundup, bunch of stuff like that. He already texted me and said he has 17 pages of notes for 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 just the top. Just I'm excited to hear the top tens. I was actually going to ask you guys about that if you were doing a year end because I haven't listened to uh, the Cruise Intrusion Scott Part Two yet. Um, so I, was, I didn't know if maybe it was on there, but now I know it's it's not. It'll be its own recording tomorrow. Its own thing. Um, nice. All right. Well, did do you want to open up? See if any of these fellas here have a have any questions for before we uh, wrap up. Anyone have any questions for either uh, any of the patrons any questions for the uh team mojack yeah i i guess I'm, I'm just more curious i don't think the where it went guys have hit this point yet in the in the rev catalog but what was your biggest surprise some shit neither of you have heard that you just fucking love now hmm. lots for me uh yeah, yeah. Uh, ryan has always gone way deeper um i <laughs> 
people are going to think that I'm saying this just to be a contrarian or, or whatever, but like, you can see this like Frank Zappa poster I have here. Ryan's a even bigger Frank Zappa fan than I am. Uh, but I do love him and I love Zoog's rift. Um, not, <laughs> not every record is good. And a lot of them are, you know, hit or miss, but they are, they are all um, interesting and super creative and artistic. And uh, that is, I mean, Zoog's riff, the, the man is, is no longer with us, but he, he is in my top five of people I would have loved to have on our show. Super interesting guy. Good question. Who, who was, what's it, was his name? Uh... Robert Pelikowski is his, his given name, but yeah, he, he changed his name legally to Zoog's Rift. Yeah, that's fine. like when he was in high school. Because <laughs> you guys oh, wow. did, I think, didn't you have like four episodes in a row? It was like one of those. Like there was like oh, yeah. four or five episodes he, in a row. Oh, he's like, it's, like, it's like catalog number one twenty to one twenty four or something like that. They just they did all these. Uh, he uh, there was one year where I think there was like eight Zoogs records. He's the go to laughing stock of SST, right? If you, he's the guy that everyone points to as like when SST went down the drain. Oh, oh no, Swa. But, it, but it's totally not true. Swa, too. That's another band that people will will point to and say the worst band on SST and shit. Yeah. Like that. And that, it's totally that would maybe be my answer, actually, is Swa. Like, I, I probably, um, kind of, kind of just said, like, ah. I, I heard a bit of them when I was a kid, kind of, and I was like, they're not worth my time. I got into SWA during the, the the podcast. That would probably be one of the bigger revelations. And that, for me, is is interesting for a number of reasons, because like when Brandt heard SWA, he's like, dude, where has SWA been all my life? And I'm like, I knew about them for 20 years, and I thought they sucked, you know? That's yeah. That is the cool. Part. Like I said, I never would have probably taken a dive into Iceburn and Engine Kid, and um, I feel like there's others. Oh, even like I don't know how I missed Elliot. Like we did the Elliot episode, and I'm like, oh, this shit's great. U.S. Um, songs. Oof. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I just you know you can't get it. You can't get it. Get everything. I wanted to know too with you guys. You both get a lot of i see you have ryan has all the records behind him who who gets more records brant or ryan because i feel like brant's always like oh i picked this up and this who uh but who, oh, who ryan gets ryan 100 ryan the pro well the problem with me is i don't get rid of stuff brant yeah. gets rid of stuff and brant has become a bit more digitized than i am too right so um brian brant, ryan and, won't stream anything he, he won't even li- he won't even listen to something if I send him a link to like a band camp probably or something. He's 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 got to have a physical copy like Ryan's got uh, a physical copy of every release on SST that we've talked about, including. Opal. Wow. Opal. Do you, yeah, do you have an Opal record Oh yeah. or wow. CD? Uh, no v- vinyl on that one. Yeah. Yep. 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 Damn. Yeah. Like, but, I'm, but this- I mean, that's how I I have said like i did the spotify raft and it's like yeah listen to spotify but mostly what i do is play vinyl while i'm working or cds in the car or you know i just yeah. i enjoy it more but i understand the practicality for most people yeah i'm um, not a vinyl snob though like i i will do digital um and i take the train to work every day 
and I've I'm listening to digital, obviously, like, but it's usually, you know, ripped CDs or download cards or something like that, right? Um, and then when I'm at home, um, it's like it's an occasion for me, kind of. But Brant, on the other hand, he gets to listen to tunes a lot of a lot of the day. Like Brant listens to way more than I do. You can yeah, listen while I'm, working. I'm I assuming. can listen while I'm at work. So, like, usually by the time I get home, I've like you can. My wife and kids will tell you how annoying it is that they'll usually, if they approach me, they'll usually start with like, "Can you hear me?" Which is the cue for me to take my earbuds out and so I can hear what they're about to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I listen as well all day working. Um, which, you know, is great because you're buying these records and it's like for a while when I wasn't able to, it's like, I felt like you're buying my, my friend, uh, and I joke, we call it the buy and file, you know, like, all right, I got this record. I'm going to file it away. And then, you know, if I want to listen to it, I'll listen to it on Spotify. But now it's like, I like make sure everything that comes in the door gets spun at least once. Um, same here, same here. And a lot of times now with new stuff, I play it multiple times. Like they're meant for for listening. It's not a museum. Yeah. See, I'm picturing Ryan on the transit with a disc man, one of the <laughs> anti-shots. Close. Close. It's like a first generation iPod. Javier. That's right Javier there. shit. Right there, yeah. baby. I got an iPod in the car too. That's yeah. it's touchy. Last time I plugged it into my computer, it's like this iPod is corrupted. You must wipe it and i was like no i'm not no 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 it you again can, you can you could save it man i got three of these and no is, i mean i yeah. i would just have to wipe it and put all the music on it again back on yes which is so i, I can't tell you how many times in my life i've had to re-put music back onto my ipod and at this point i only have my ipod so i can listen to his hero is gone and infest because their discographies are not on streaming and like that's it and then i share a, a spotify with the living room in my house so if someone's cleaning and they're putting on taylor swift or kids bop or some shit i can't listen to what i want to listen to so i gotta switch it over to the ipod and then it's just infest yeah, brand goes <laughs> like you know you can fit all that on your phone right and i'm like i can't i and uh, no no it's staying on my ipod my my uh, screenshots. My phone's full of screenshots. I can't fucking. This <laughs> is memes, memes and, and memes. You gotta buy a 500 videos. phone like I did. Yeah, <laughs> you can load it up. Full of memes. Uh, Matt, did you have any questions for for the uh, Mojackers? Uh, I did actually. Hi guys, uh, long time listener, first time uh, caller or, or uh, podcaster, or whatever you want to call this uh, thing, interloper, or whatever. Um, Anyway, I was curious if there's any SST release that's long out of print that you were um, you were most excited about coming back in print or want to see back in print. Like the Opal record was mentioned mm. before. I'm fortunate enough that I do have a copy of Happy Nightmare Baby um, because I found it at a record show about you know, 10, 12 years ago and the prices were much lower and plucked out. Um, early recordings, if anybody has it, you know, hit me up. But um, so like, you know, the Saints LP, which is supposedly coming out, it's on digital yep. now. Um, or, or like the... Uh, oh, they're going to... Is SST going to do the Stains record? I don't know who's doing it. That's why I'm I'm, I'm asking. But also like the Subhuman second album, the, the Canadian one. Um, that's, never the one been that's the one I would have went to right away. Me but, too. but dude, that Stains record, it there were copies of it on Rev HQ for a minute. Like, 
last year. And then the whole oh, all that the, must have been right after it got put on Spotify or something. Wow. Yeah. Then then they like all the all the SST threads blew up. They're like, whoa, there are copies of the Stains record on Rev HQ. And then everyone's like, it's fake, it's a bootleg, it's blah, blah, blah. <sighs> and, then, and then it's gone. But if you go on Rev HQ right now, you can see they have it. It's just sold out. But that subhuman's record. That is a, a desperately huge, in need of a reissue. That's a huge gap. Um, so does so the first one too, but that's not SST, obviously. So yeah. No, no, yeah, but that for an SST catalog item, I don't know. Brant probably can think of a few too. Oh well, we always lament the fact that there's so much unreleased stuff and like so much shit that uh, could stand to be remastered or remixed or whatever, and and there's endless speculation about the. Uh, state of master tapes and things like that and but um yeah i don't know i would settle for just like uh the people who listen to our show being able to to listen to the actual records on mm. even on Bandcamp or on spotify or whatever like so much of the stuff you you just you, if you're lucky you can listen to it on youtube and i'm not an audiophile but you know nobody wants to listen to shit on youtube um it's not my preference, but I am grateful that, you know, like when you guys early on were doing episodes on DC free or Tom Cole's dog or something that I'd never heard beyond like a song or two in a comp that I could just pull it up there. And it is, it is not, that's, I agree. Like that's one of the things that's fortunate about the age we live in is like, I'm and it, but it's also detrimental because it's distracting because I'll like be reading something and I'll mention a song or a record and then I'll stop and I'll, you know, go search it, but it's good for context. We probably should have played music on our show. I don't know. We, I just, I don't know with Greg being. Yeah. The, you know, the, one of the ways I got around that, if you notice is I'll search out, are there a live or a demo version um, and, and edit it in. But then it's hard because I got to use the fucking YouTube to MP3 converter and chop it in. And I mean, it's worth it because we're never going to get flagged by, you know, for, for copyright, if it's a, a live version ripped from YouTube. But, uh, yeah, I, I've always kind of prided myself on being able to find some, you know, uh, live or demo version in when I'm editing those episodes. And, uh, but uh, speaking of, of, uh, music for Mojack, I just realized and, and looked, I started a playlist of your what what do you guys call your hot tracks on your show ballot results yeah the ballot results i started a playlist on spotify of your ballot results and i got through the first like maybe 20 or 25 episodes and and put them all into a playlist and then i think i listened to the first 32 or 35 episodes like banged it all out and then kind of you know got it lost interest but now if because you're you would have to go back 261 episodes and pick out your ballot results if you wanted to create one of these playlists but i feel like uh maybe someday that would be a monumental undertaking to come up with this 1000 uh <laughs> yeah. song playlist of your of yeah your how many sst releases are there well, uh, we're going to do like 400 episodes, I think. Yeah. Ryan might be hearing that for the first time. Uh, uh, but <laughs> <laughs> we haven't really talked about that. But um, 
I don't really know how many there are somewhere I would guess between 350 and 400 um, just because there's so many blank catalog numbers um, between episode, you know, between catalog numbers 250 and, and 390 or whatever. So that's going to yeah. be interesting. It's going to take you. Well, you, you do them at a faster clip than us. The only the downside with us is that our labels that we're talking about still putting out stuff. <laughs> like yes. I went to I when I was in Austin a couple of weeks ago, I saw uh, Planet on a Chain. Uh, they're a rev band. Um, awesome record, by the way. One of, my, yeah. one of my favorite punk records from this year, for sure. And. You know, I was talking to the singer Dave. I've known him for a long time through when he was in Dead Nation and Tear It Up. And I, <laughs> I looked at the back of the record and I saw there, they had two of them there. One was their new LP and the other was like a collection of their pre-Rev stuff on a 12-inch. And it was Rev 208. And like my heart sank a little because I was like, we're only on 76. I was like, we have a long time, like 76 in three years. Like we basically do like 25 a year. Yeah. Well, I'm pretty sure Greg Ginn put out like 200 records in 1987. That's a good point. (laughs) Very true. What was the, I wanted to ask, what was the first, where I think maybe our first victory moment was before I joined the podcast, but that's when Sammy came on to talk about side by side. Was that the first the first person related to Rev that kind of gave us the seal of approval or was it, uh, was it Luke for the Gorilla Biscuits seven inch? Do either uh, of you remember? Uh, Sammy, it was Sammy. Sammy. Yeah. Okay. Cause, was, Sammy, uh, cause even team. though the GB seven inches, uh, ca- uh, catalogically, that's a made uh-huh. up word, uh, before we didn't record that interview till after talking to Sammy. Yeah. But what Sammy was the first time? Opened the door. That's what I wanted to ask. So was Brent, what was the first time that you had someone from SST that was in that world reach out and just kind of say that they recognized the pod or gave you some feedback on the pod? And then, uh, I don't know who the first would be, but we do get that a lot. Um, a lot of appreciation from, from people, which is really cool. Um, people thanking us for doing it and, and saying that we're really nice things that we're, kind of uh keepers of the the sst legacy or whatever things like that and that's super cool because none of us are obviously from that area or soft 90 i didn't see 99 percent of these bands and uh so that's super cool that that to to hear that from people that were that were there yeah yeah there's lots yeah. of co- people who are very very nice to us for sure. I still think though, I, I go back to, you know, the very, very early, early days when Mike Watt gave us those, uh, those little sound bites to drop into the podcast when we were nothing, we were zero. And that just shows the type of, he gave us kind of the blessing before we even started when he heard about the concept and it was, I don't know, Brent, it was, it was like you, I think you talked to his manager or, or a friend of his or something. And the, the, uh, the, the, like the sound bites showed up like 20 minutes later. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. It was like, we're going to do an SST podcast. Uh, 
chronological order by catalog number. This, this is where we're coming from. This is our plan. Could we get Mike Watt to give us some sound bites to drop in? History lesson one, two, and ballot result. And 20 minutes later, Watt had it for us. Yeah. And that, that was, I think it really, it kind of gave us, um, it felt like, you know, the SST gods were going to, you know, they were going to bless the show. And then all along the way, it's only gotten better. We're, uh, we're very lucky. Well, it's deserved. Like I said, you guys are doing an awesome thing. Um, and like I said, that was the inspiration for the, of the ideas that I had all came from just being a fan of Mojack and the way that you guys, uh, you know, set up everything and, and do it. Um, and it is, it's, it's, it is important. I mean, I have to say, because it's, you know, the stuff is now technically online forever, right? Like, so a kid getting into black flag in five years can Google, you know, oh, I want to, you know, dig in and find your, my war episode or whatever, and go listen to it. Um, so I think it's likewise, I mean, Ryan can tell you I'm I'm always jealous of other podcasts um, because everyone <laughs> seems so much better at it than we are as and and in every way like you know like uh, the community that you guys foster we don't do any of that and <laughs> you know um, uh, just like your graphics and everything are so good and 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 so and and uh, okay. I mean we every label should have from like the eighties and nineties should have a podcast like this because um, we've seen so many people from our, you know, from SST like have passed away. And since we started this podcast and so yeah, uh, the more documentation, the better. And so uh, whether it's you guys or the end on end pod is, is awesome too. And, and you know, the more the merrier for sure. I know, what am I going to do when we get through this when I'm 60? You can do the uh, alternative tentacles catalog. I joked with, I mentioned, <laughs> I was like, I would love to do a, one on uh, Southern Lord. I mentioned it to Ann, Greg Anderson. He was like, oh, that would be awesome. But we I was always like. Say, we always say alternative tentacles or maybe Homestead. Or Homestead would be great. Or yeah. touch, because touch and I have a dinosaur touch and first. Go, yeah. I have a dinosaur first. LP on Homestead. Nice. I don't. Southern Lord, though, hey? I love... I collect that, like, like them and Discord are the ones where basically any... I don't need, like, every version, but, like, One any each. release I find, I'll usually get. And, like, usually hasn't steered me wrong. Uh, you could do a podcast with, like, um, that's just... You know how, like, podcasts have different seasons or whatever? Like there's some of these labels that I don't think release too many records, right? Like yeah. BYO or something like that could be like season one. And then, and you could do like, just, you could pick just like, uh, like I always liked like our friend um, Ryan Rainbow does that meep meep podcast, the Roadrunner one. Yeah. And I kind of like that. He didn't really paint himself in a corner by going like in order. Like he yeah. just kind of, and he also and he'll skips. give some of the like sub label stuff, right? I think like yeah. like the the 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the Earth yeah, like he, record. Was that on Yeah, record? like he didn't – one of them was. But like he didn't yeah. paint himself into as much as, of a corner as like, um, you know, having to go in order. Like yeah. he can just – like he can skip, you know, certain ones that he's just like nobody's going to care about this. But – Yeah, that's a good that's, podcast too. So, well, <laughs> guys, about it. Um, this was awesome. I am honored – and I can speak for everybody like that. You guys were able to come on and, and talk to us. Um, we're all big fans. Yeah. Well, likewise. So we re- really appreciate you having us on. It's been yeah. super fun. So everybody, thank I've, you. I've gotten into so many records from listening to you guys. Um, so, you know, whether it's uh, the bands that you're covering or, or through your, when you're doing your giving your bit of bows at the beginning. So thank you. Awesome. Likewise. All right. All right, guys. And uh, thanks for joining us. We'll, yes, we'll see you real soon. Bye. Okay. Bye. 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 Thanks guys. Let's go.